welcome to Jesus Christ Teaching Ministries. We're located here in Kansas City, Missouri. Our, our ministry is called Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. That's because the God that I serve is not dead, and he is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and God of Gods. And we, as the children of God, need to find out what is the will of God. And the will of God is to understand that Jesus, which is the word, is the main purpose of what the Bible was written about. That's why he said, come learn of me, that the scriptures were written about me. I came to give you eternal life. I come to set the captives free. And when you start understanding that the Bible is full of metaphors and proverbs and hidden meaning, then all of a sudden you'll see it's all about teaching you how to enter into the kingdom and how the kingdom operates once you're there. A lot of times we don't realize that God has given us intelligence, or he's given us knowledge, he's given us wisdom, but for what? For his purpose. That's why when the Bible says, seek my face, it ain't that you're looking for his face. You're looking for the things that are hidden. Like if you look at a person's face, you see the face, you see the nose, you see the eyes but you don't know what is hidden. And what is hidden is in their mind. That's why uh, God said about David that he was a man after his own heart. In other words, the way he thinks. Now, if you want to change the way things are going in your life, you must change the way you think. And what the Bible is teaching us, as I say with Mark and the rest of them, and John and Luke and all that, it gives us master warnings of what is about to happen. But a lot of times, if you read it in the natural, you'll not get it. You have to have the Holy Spirit instruct you. And as he instructs you, he'll give you understanding of what the scriptures are saying. But it's only them that diligently, diligently seek God. In other words, you got to hunger and thirst after him as much as you would after food and after water. But when you start to find out, then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will start to give you revelation knowledge. And as he gives you the revelation knowledge, you'll see that this is different than what you've been taught. It's different than what you've been thinking. It is a new way of changing things in your life. That's what we call realities. So let's turn to Mark, the 14th chapter, starting with the first verse. And I'd like to see if anybody would like to read. Uh, If you put your hands up, then I'll know it's you. Yep. I don't see nobody putting their hands up today. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and read then. Mark the 14th chapter, and the first verse. And it starts off on this wise. After two days was the feast of Passover and unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft or trick and put him to death. Now, who were they talking about? They were talking about Jesus. But the Bible says, they were uh, they were talking about the Passover. 
they did not realize they were talking about the Passover lamb. They didn't realize they were talking about Jesus. The main thing is you got to, you got to make sure, okay, you got to make sure that you are uh, speaking about the word and that the word would be made known unto you. I see uh, Deborah got her hand up, and I'll let her go ahead and read. Let me turn on your mic first here. If I do this right, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Well, you go ahead and read okay. there. Let me start uh, verse two. Yeah, verse two. Or, but they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. Now, if you notice, there's other scriptures that said that a woman came behind him and anointed his feet. But if you notice this, it said he anointed his head. As I said, this is really a lot of allegories, even though it does literally mean that she did this, but it's uh, hidden meanings. And I'm going to explain that as soon as we get to reading a little bit longer here. Go ahead. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why has this waste of the ointment been made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. So you notice it wasn't just one person. There was several of them that said something about that because they didn't understand the hidden meaning behind anointing Jesus' head. Okay. Keep and going. Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She has wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do good, do them good. But me ye have not always. Why did he, he relate done... himself to let's look at it. Why did he relate himself to the poor and said that you have always, but me you don't have always? Right there he's giving a hint of what's gonna happen in the future. For the head uh as it said the head shepherd has to be uh has to be destroyed. Jesus had to die on the cross. It was prophesied that whoever the Messiah was, he would come into the world to save the world. But a lot of times people interpret it different. They say, well, it means Israel is supposed to help save the world. No, it's all about one person, because it was one person who sinned, that was Adam. And the whole world fell into chaos. And it's got to take one man to bring us out. That's Jesus the Christ. And as I said, it's hidden messages. And I'm going to explain it a little bit later. We're just going to read through right now. Go ahead. She have done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Now, if you notice that 
uh, in the ninth verse, it says, wheresoever this gospel, another name for gospel is prophecy. But see, if you don't have the keys to understand it, you will not understand the message that God is trying to give us. He's telling us it's going to be a time, and you'll have, you can't do it word by word because it's just like what Jesus said, a sower went out to sow seed. It was not he was sowing seed. He was sowing the word. So he said there is a time when the word is not going to be accepted. It's going to be a time of famine in the land. It's going to be a time of trouble in the land. But this, if you don't have spiritual eyes, you will not see this. And if you're trying to figure it out, carnal-minded, you'll not see this. But as I told you, the Bible always interprets itself. You have to look for the interpretation. It will tell you that there is uh, trouble coming. Let's say like in uh, the 24th chapter, I think it's uh, Mark, no, uh, Luke, you'll find that he talks about end times. It's also talked about it in Mark. I mean, uh, Matthew end times, end time prophecy. If a person understands, you'll be able to survive if need be. But the Bible says you must be willing to give up your life for the kingdom so that you will gain eternal life. But what is that going to do with me? What can it help me? See, a lot of times people are always about themselves. I want, I want, I want. But instead of saying, Lord, what do you want? And let me do what you want so I can please the one who created me. I did not create you. You created me. So in other words, that thing again, verily I say unto you, whoever this gospel shall be preached. In other words, the, the prophecy, of the, what the word says, throughout the whole world, this also she has done shall be spoken for a memorial of her. What is that trying to say? The church is supposed to give the anointing to the other people. We are supposed to be anointed to anoint others. We are supposed to be taught so we can teach others. Everything is based upon the church, and the church is called a woman. It's called a woman. That's why we are being made ready for the bride of Christ. So, as I said, a lot of things, uh, good and bad, is based upon the woman. Well, you try to say all women are bad. No, I'm just telling you this is the metaphor that God chooses to use. Like there's Jezebel. She sits on the, the seven hills and stuff. That's just metaphors for the church. And the Antichrist, see, the Antichrist is the church being headed by uh, carnal-minded people, carnal-minded people. So that's why we, as the children of God, got to get away from being carnal-minded to get spiritual-minded so we'll have spiritual understanding and we'll learn how to speak things into existence that we need, that God has put in us. All right, go ahead. And Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, 
went unto the chief priests to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. And the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where wilt thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? Now, here's the thing. You notice it says the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover. Why didn't they say the lamb? Why didn't they say the sacrifice? Because it's hitting meanings. Jesus is called the Passover lamb. He is the Passover. But what is the Passover? That means when death comes, because of what God has provided for us, death will pass over Israel. He's also said we have the blessings of Israel. So death comes, it passes over us. Jesus suffered death once for us so that we don't have to taste death. But we can be in the prophecy of receiving what Jesus said, the life and life more abundant. And the more you understand that, the more you'll stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about what can I do to help others. But as I say, this is just metaphors. And the reason I'm telling you this, because Hebrew words can be more than one thing at the same time. And there's different levels of understanding. They say you understand the scriptures on this level, the base level, but within a month or two months or whatever God deems that you're there, he will take you to another level. We in the Bible says from faith to faith and glory to glory. It doesn't just mean one thing. It's your understanding. We're trying to get you to another level of learning so that you can change the realities that you're going through. All right, keep going. And he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go ye into the city, and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the good men of the house. The master saith, Where is the guest chamber? Where I shall where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared, there make ready for us. In other words, number 15, I'm, just, I'm not going to explain everything step by step because it takes a lot of time. And the main thing is for you to be able to learn and look it up for yourself. And then all of a sudden, God will give you revelation knowledge. You see one thing, all of a sudden you'll start understanding a different thing. Because like what it says, when you go into the city there, you will meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. Well, if you remember when uh, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, they say, oh, let's build a, a, a place for Moses and for Elijah. And all of a sudden a cloud came down and it was the father speaking. It says, hear you him. Now, him has the word. Who is the word? Jesus. He is the pitcher who has the word or the water. And it's the water 
that by the word will wash you and make you whole. That's why I kept telling people, read the scriptures, study the scriptures. The scriptures has got life and life more abundantly for you if you understand it's metaphors and it's trying to get you to stop thinking worldly-wise. Because as you know, the world always trying to kill people who are want to serve God or people who want to do what's right. You know, most religions, if you check them out, most religions always want to kill somebody. We're the only religion, and I mean true religion. I don't mean the Catholic Church. True religion wants to save life, wants to nurture life. They want to fulfill, have them and whoever else with them fulfill the mission of life. But these others, they want to kill people. Look at the Catholic Church, the Inquisition, and all that. But it was over what? The word. It was over what they interpret as the word. But you notice Jesus didn't kill nobody. When he had a right to do it, he didn't do it. When they were talking about this woman was caught in the very act of adultery, and what was he going to do? He just stood down and started telling right in the dirt. And the reason that he did that, because there is a prophecy, it said if your name is written in the ground, in the dirt, then your sins will not be forgiven you. And that's what these these people who wanted this woman killed, but yet still they don't want themselves killed for the sins they do. I'm hoping y'all get that. As I say, it's a little bit more that you're going to learn as you is you make this step or journey into the scriptures, and this will change your life. All right, go ahead. And his disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve. And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and to say unto him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goeth, as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good Good were it for that man if he had never been born. Now, if you look at that part on the 21st verse, it says, The Son of Man indeed goeth as it is written, or the prophecy of him. But woe unto the man to whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it that that man has if he had never been born. In other words, to give up, what is it for a man to uh, gain the whole world and lose his soul? If you notice, before then, they were talking about a way of tricking, uh, uh, getting Jesus along where they could kill him. And what did Judas do? He accepted the things of the world, the money. And there's a prophecy about that, about the 30 pieces of uh, gold that the man would do and portray the true Messiah. But as I say, the main thing is learning that the world don't think the way that God does. He tells us he wants us to love one another. He wants us to show love for one another. 
He doesn't want us criticizing one another or finding fault with somebody because as soon as you find fault with somebody else, you have faults too. All right, keep going. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And now let's look at that last unto- one on 30 seconds. It's right there on the second. It says, Take, eat, this is my body. Now, you can, after looking at that, you know it has to be metaphor. Jesus is not going to have you eat his body. He's not going to have you drink his blood, literally. But what it is, it's about receiving the understanding. That's the first part, which is the law. The law brings you the understanding. But as you understand, this is the law. This is literal. But then God says that I want you to drink. This is the understanding of the literal, and it becomes now spiritual to you. And you'll start to see things differently. You'll start thinking things differently. You will not criticize people as some of the church does. We're supposed to be on the same page. We're supposed to be on the same thoughts. We're supposed to be on one mind because the time is coming when they say that it would be tickling ears. People want to hear this gospel that makes them feel good. People want to hear the gospel that's going to make money for them. People want to hear the gospel that's going to bless them. Instead of saying, wait a minute, what does the gospel say? What did Jesus have to do? He had to be faithful even unto death. You remember she, that, uh, the lady that put the oil over the top of, of Jesus' head? That represented the crown that was going to be put on his head. And if you notice, it wasn't made out of gold. It was made out of thorns. Thorns hurt. Anything that we're going through in this world, it's going to bring pain to us. But when you learn how to handle the pain, when you understand how to handle the situation, don't be cussing, don't be mad, going off on somebody, why me, Lord, why can't it be somebody else? Because you're chosen for the kingdom, and the kingdom suffers violence, and the violence take it by force. But you mean that we 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 supposed to take it, but there's a but, and that is where it comes in and says, but now the kingdom you have to press in. In other words, you don't try to force somebody. You try to talk to somebody. You try to convince them with conversation. You spoke, speak nice words to them, and if they don't want to hear it, let them go. You're not going to convince somebody who's of the world that this is the way God wants you to think until God wakes them up. All right, there's a part in the Bible that says, Isaiah, the 60th chapter, it says, Arise, shine. In other words, it's trying to tell us we're in sort of a sleep state. This world, everything in it is more like a metaphor, and we've got to understand it so we can perceive on out of this place. All right, keep going. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of heaven. 
And when they had sung and him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. Now you see that part but, where it says, the, uh, it is written, the prophecy is, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. Who is the shepherd? Jesus is the shepherd. What is representing Jesus? The word is our guide, our, our, our foundation. The prophecies is the warnings of what's going to happen for us to stand strong. That's why it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. Doing all you can to stand, then stand. What does that mean? It's learning the word, understanding the word, receive the words, and continue to work in the word. Everything is in the prophecies. Everything is in the word. Everything you need is what was already written and spoken. The spoken and written word is what's going to change you. Can you be healed by the word? Yes. Can you be healed by the understanding? Yes. Do you always got to touch somebody to be healed? No. Can you pray at a distance and they be healed? Yes. Can people put curses on you? Yes. Why? Because they spoke the word. They have understanding. That's why it says the children of this world, carnal-minded people, are smarter than the children of light because a lot of times we're trying to figure it out and trying to uh, say, well, Lord, I'm praying this way because this is the way you told me to pray and stuff instead of praying from your heart. God wants heart prayer. God wants you to speak the things that's going to set the captives free. And because we're not doing what God has told us and stuff, that uh, we'll have to do now is to understand step by step, little bit by little bit. I remember uh, one preacher told me, he said, uh, it's hard by the yard, but it's, an inch, it's cinch by the inch with God. Little bit by little bit will make you stronger and stronger in the word, which will set the captives free. All right, Deborah, go ahead. Okay, uh, but Peter said, said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh, him, taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy, and saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Carry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, 
Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Now, let's look at that 37 part there. It said, he comes and findeth them sleep, and said unto, now watch what it says, Peter. But he didn't call him Peter. He called him Simon. That was the name that, uh, that he received. Sleep that thou can, uh, could now just watch one hour. In other words, when he called him Peter, he was talking about his flesh. When he was talking Simon, he was talking about the spirit. And yes, they do interchange sometimes, the spirit and the flesh, uh, according to the scriptures in here, because as I say, things are hidden, and you have to search these things out to see what does that mean at that time. Find out what the understanding is on that so that you can not fall into temptation but be be made ready to when time comes and every time, every person's going to be tried, every person's going to go through trials and tribulations, everybody's going to receive things that were, they feel like they're losing their mind because the world is against us, God is for us, but God is saying, you must put something, some effort into this thing. A lot of people say, well, I'm saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost and fire and everything. But are you doing what the word says by searching for Jesus daily? Are you searching for the bread of life? Are you eating the bread of life? It's, it's bad enough. I mean, it's not bad, but you can hold the bread of life in your hand and still not eat it. So then you'll starve. You've got to eat the word to where it becomes a part of you and you become a part of it. Then you will understand what it means that uh, he became flesh and dwelt up among us. He's trying to get us to be like him. He said, let this man be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. All right, keep going. And again, he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were very heavy, were heavy. Neither wist they, neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. 
And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple, teaching, and ye took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. In other words, the scriptures is the prophecy of everything that Jesus had been teaching because he came with a fold-forward ministry. And the fold-forward ministry was teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. And the most important part of it was the teaching. That's why the disciples said, teach us how to pray. Teach us the meaning of those prophecies. Teach, teach, teach. Give us understanding. And he gave them keys, uh, understanding, revelation, keys, that it's the Holy Spirit that will give you understanding if you read the scriptures and speak them. This is how things come to life. You must speak these things. Speak it enough to where it will be a part of your heart, a part of your living, a part of your understanding. And then you enter into the spiritual realm like little kids. Because the little kids, you know, you can make them mad and they'll forgive you. But adults, sometimes they be mad and hold grudges for 10, 15, 20 years. And then you ask them, what are you mad about from that person? I don't know, but whatever it is, they started it. See, we have to be like little kids. We have to forgive. We have to look for ways to forgive people instead of looking at ways to judge people. Because we already got one person to judge, and that is Moses, which is the law. That's why Jesus said, I, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to get you saved. I'm here to give give my life for your life. And that's the way we should be, to give our life for somebody else. Okay, go ahead, Deborah. And they all forsook him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young man laid hold on him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest, and he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priest and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their, but their witness agreed not together. And, they, and there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answers thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ? the son of the blessed. And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. 
when the high priest rent his then the high priest rent his clothes and said, What need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. And as Peter now, was beneath... Now you notice it says prophesy, prophesy. That's what the world looks for, always looking for signs and wonders. They say they come for the fish and the loaves. They're looking that something is going to benefit them. If they really wanted to know him to prophesy, they would say, because of the evil we're doing, what you're going to do about it? Or what is God going to do about it? What is this? What is that? Ask the right questions so that you can get the right answers. Right now, I'm going to get ready to open up the mic. And uh, that's the way if you got any questions or comments, this is time you can do it now. And I hope, yeah, there's somebody's hand now. Okay, uh, Deborah, you know how to, have you figured out how to cut yourself off? It's not working, so I'll call mm-hmm. back in. Okay. All right, now let me go ahead and get you up here. It's uh, 864 somebody moved me. There it is. 864-982. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Pastor? Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah. Now, when you dealt with um, the church being um, called the woman, and which is the bride of Christ, can we go back into Genesis where God made Can you talk a little louder? Can you hear me louder now? Just a little bit more you like you're away from the mic or something. Well, no, I'm on, I got I got new uh, headset phone set, and I'm trying to speak as loud as I can. But can you really hear okay. me now? Go ahead. Okay, I see it loud as I can. Okay, we're going back to where you said the church was was the bride of Christ, and it was a woman. And so then I I started going to Genesis, and I was reading, and that I want to see if you think this is the same thing, uh, because I I do know that you're a man of wisdom and you have a great a great great um, calling on you, and I and I do appreciate you, sir. Uh, but it was talking about how he made he put Adam to sleep, and he made um, he formed Eve out of Adam, and wasn't that the first birth, a man made the first birth instead of a woman? Okay, I'm really having a hard time hearing you, but I'll try to okay. answer according yeah. to what I thought I, I heard. Can you hear me now? Well, keep trying. Go ahead, keep trying. Okay, now I'll try directly into my phone. Wait a minute, let me see if I got the volume up. Oh, I ain't got the volume up. Hold on. Can you hear me now? Just go ahead and try to talk. I can hear you loudly, but can you hear okay. me? Uh, I told you I can hear okay. you, but it's not very well. But, but I'm going to ask the well, question. Are you talking about, okay, because I talked about the body of Christ is actually the, the bride of Christ and that 
the church, which means a body of believers, are represented as female. Right. And that uh, Jezebel, that's why it talks about Jezebel in the church, that she was female. And the church has to be redeemed. And what is redeemed is some a male has to come and re, and redeem her. That's what the kinsman redeemer meant when he talked about Boaz. Uh, that's the best I can hear you. Well, I, I'm not gonna see if, if it's gonna cause if it's gonna cause you not to hear me. Uh, but I've, I got my volume up loud, and I'm talking real loud. I'm talking right into my phone. I don't know what it is because I heard the boy when she spoke. Yeah, but no, I have I have a Bluetooth on my ears, so my children just gave it to me, and I know that I thought that I could be able to hear and talk to you. I can hear you well, but uh-huh. uh, if it's gonna cause if it's gonna cause you to scream and and not understand, I won't say anything. I'll ask you later on, okay? Okay. All but right. I get off. Thank you. Okay. Has anybody else got any questions? It's time to ask now Put by pushing one, and they'll let me see your hand come up, and they'll let me know that somebody's on the air. Uh, Paul, so I tried to, uh, to clear myself, but it, still, it, wouldn't go, it wouldn't go off. Yeah, I know. Uh, Deborah said the same thing. You'll have to hang up and then call back in. Okay. I will. Thank you. Okay. All right. Is there anybody else out there got any comments or biblical questions? All you do is push one, and it should bring up. I see there's a lot of phone numbers on here, but I don't see nobody raising their hand. All right, then. Well, let's go back to the scriptures here, and let's get to... Okay. As I said, the main thing is to look at it, it's all about prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. The word says one thing, but the prophet understood the real meaning behind it and tried to teach. Jesus did the same thing with his disciples. He taught them prophecy, but then he said it is not for everybody to know. In other words, you can't cast your pearls before the swine. God ain't doing it either, and that's why they cannot understand. But once you relax your mind, you clear your thoughts of trying to have what God should be saying and what God should be doing and be ready to receive, to receive what God has for you, then you'll start understanding. So let's get to, uh, let me see here. Let's Let's get to uh, 55. Let's go to that one. And the chief priests and all the council sought for a witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. That's a good one. Because see what happens. And when people start lying on you, talking bad things about you, trying to confuse you, what you have to do is say, Lord, confuse my enemies. That is one of the scriptures you can use. Lord, confuse my enemies. Another thing, when you need uh, help, 
a scripture that you can use is that, Lord, you said you would make my enemies at peace with me and let God know this person is trying to keep you from getting your blessing. But you got to be right now. You just can't say, well, I'm mad at them, so they kind of keep me. No, your heart has to be made right with God. And as you start to speak those things that the Holy Spirit gives you to speak, then it becomes life. And that life takes on the form of a prayer or a form of a talk or a form of, of adding something to your life that will change your situation. I had a friend of mine, his daughter died in a car accident, and uh, he prayed over and he prayed over and prayed over and prayed over and prayed over, and she didn't come back to life. And he got mad and quit, quit the ministry. What we failed to understand, he made us for his pleasure. His pleasure. If he wants to raise the dead, he can do it. If he decided he don't want to raise the dead, he can do that too because he is God. You're not going to force God to do anything. He is God all by himself. But he's given us understanding, wisdom, and knowledge to use the word and then let him decide. For he is a judge. He judges among everything. But he's not there with a uh, uh, a big gavel waiting for you to mess up so he can hit you in the head with it. He's trying to get us to understand what is true love and to operate in it. All right, I'm opening up the mic again. If there's anybody got any uh, uh, questions or anything or comments, it's time to put your hand up. I'm trying to still working on these, these things here, trying to figure them out. All right. Let's see. I'm still looking. Nobody got any questions or comments? All right. Let me go down this thing here again. Here, as I said, there's quite a few people on here, but ain't nobody answering any questions. Either I'm a good teacher or I'm a bad teacher. One way I done did in the teaching. And I hope y'all understand that it, God wants you to search these scriptures out for yourself. And the easiest ones to start with is Psalms, Psalms, Psalms. David went through depression. Saul went through depression. Everybody's been through depression. But you ain't got to stay there. You can change it by the way you use the word. I'll give you an example. Um I wake up some morning and I have chest pains. And the first thing the devil wants to tell you, you're having a heart attack. You need to do something about it. You need to call the doctor. You need to take some medicine. Everything except telling me, why don't you pray? So I pray. And what I do, I actually act like I'm, that's why I say it's metaphors and proverbs. I actually like taking my hand in the middle of my chest pulling off this thing that's trying to cause me pain, hold it over my head, because who's over my head? Jesus is. He is the Lord. He is the master. And I said, Lord, will you take this from me? 
then I open up my hand, or if it feels like it's want to resist me, I throw it up. And within a minute or two minutes sometimes, the pain is gone. Same thing happened with cramps in my legs. Sometimes I wake up and cramping, and oh, man, the devil say, oh, you need to stand up. You need to rub. You need a massage. You need this. You need that. First thing I do is start praying. Lord, let me hold this thing up and ask you to take it from me. What happens if he don't take it from me? I still hold on to the trust that God is God all by himself. And if he wants to heal me, good. Just like Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. When people start understanding again, like back in the old days, that it is God that created us. We did not create the God. All right. Well, I'm giving you another few minutes here. I'm opening up the mic. Is there any questions you want to ask about any scriptures in the Bible? Don't seem like nobody got any questions. So I'm getting ready to leave town. I'm on my way to uh, Dallas, Texas. I'll be down there for about three or four days. I'm not in the service or anything, but I never know when the Lord's going to open up a door for service. So until next Monday, uh, I'll be off the air. Uh, Deborah will be uh, running the broadcast on Friday on, uh, what is it, Uh, 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 the Zoom. And if anybody needs the the, the, uh, thing for the Zoom, you can call me at 816 Three five zero twenty four twenty. I'll give it to you again. If you didn't have a pencil or a paper, I'll give you a minute to get one. And anybody still got any questions? I said you can still raise your hand by pushing one. The number is eight one six three five zero twenty four twenty. All right, as the boy always say, Christ died for you, so go out and live for Him. Remember, one man's sin brought in confusion. One man's death brought us life. Until the next time, shalom.